0: Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Rob Smiley. who's the MD of Southern Gold, an exploration company exploring for precious metals in South Korea. They have a highly experienced team with a track record of exploration success in Asia, Australia and Eastern Europe and have a growing brownfields and greenfields exploration portfolio that they are developing. Rob is an experienced management and exploration portfolio professional with over 30 years of experience including some significant epithermal gold exploration um and, is in, and in particular working in asia um, and he's worked for the likes of Vot Teddy, calibra mining and Oceania gold um he's going give us an overview of the company what's it like to mine in south korea um and also many other things and obviously to give us an update on what the company are doing. So that's welcome, Rob, to the podcast. How are you doing, Rob?
1: G'day, Rob. Great to be here. Look, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk today.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate your time as well. I know you're an active, listen, active listener, as uh, we just discussed before uh, before going live. So for those people that are listening, obviously we've got people mainly from the mining industry. We also have, obviously, right. investors, we have um service supplies sorry supplies that service in the mining industry lists this podcast so for those that don't know you i wonder you can give us a little bit uh about give us some details around your background your career um so we get to know the guest
1: sure sure well look, i'm a, a geologist by training uh, a kiwi geologist i've spent most of my career in exploration although worked along the whole sort of spectrum from Greenfield's exploration right through to mining. Um, I cut my teeth with WMC Resources or Western Mining back in the early 90s in Campbella and for me that was a great I foundational learning experience to really get your head around the whole exploration and mining business. It was a great time to be there, met some really great people and as an exploration geologist, spending some time in an underground mine was really fundamental for getting a good understanding of all of bodies and how they work so that was a great amount of time. Um, I really had a deep interest in, in uh, geology in Asia, and so my career really moved into Southeast Asia, and I've spent a good part of probably close to two decades working in remote places in Asia, Northeast Asia, Southeast Asia, and more recently at Octeti, as you mentioned, Rob, at the, at the world-class Octeti Porphyry uh, Scan Miners Exploration Manager. And I've always really been attracted to exploration opportunities and things that are basically a bit different, a bit off the beaten track. A bit kind of left field where people mainly don't really seem to go, so that has really been a driving force for me. That together with with the strong interest in the geology, um, I also might add that I'm very interested in, in mineral systems and geoscience and things like country prospectivity and and data and putting that all together to do sort of national scale targeting. And um, earlier in my career, I set up a consultancy, Kenex, back in New Zealand that was involved in mineral prospectivity modelling. And I've since gone on to do that as part of my job as exploration managers in in other countries. So I guess that strong interest in the data, jurisdictions, different countries, Asia, possibilities and potential um, is one of the things that really led me to come to uh, the South Korea. So, yeah, a fantastic um, journey, bit of a patchwork quilt over 30 years or so. It's typical of exploration, but certainly it's been a really fun career and and met a lot of of really great people and, and had a tremendous time. So, I wonder if you can just
0: tell us a little bit about uh, Southern Gold. Um, And then, obviously, we go in. And I was going to also ask about, obviously, South Korea. But I wonder if you can just give us um, an overview of the company.
1: Sure. Well, Southern Gold has its origins, really. It's based out of Adelaide. Our head office is in Adelaide. And its origins were really as a a miner in uh, Western Australia. Had a gold mine near Kalgoorlie there, Cannon Gold Mine. So it had a strong uh, mining background with a, with, a, with a board of engineers and as well as an exploration team. And I think it was around about 2016 that it uh, acquired the rights to uh, Asiatic Gold, which had the positioning of ground here in South Korea. So it had quite an interest in uh, South Korean projects around about 2016. And as time progressed, um, it's basically got 100% focus of exploration now here in South Korea. So I came on board as exploration manager uh, around about 2021. And over time, I've now become uh, the CEO of the company. And in that time, we've expanded the exploration portfolio uh, here in South Korea to have a, a larger pipeline of, of dual projects. So we're entirely 100% focused here in South Korea. We have a great uh, team of South Korea and an expatriate geologists with a track record of a discovery and working throughout Asia. So we really have developed that. In-country capability uh, in South Korea over the last last few years and with a strong exploration focus, as I mentioned, here in South Korea. Yep.
0: And uh, I suppose most of our audience and myself is why why are, are you exploring in South Korea? Um, obviously, most investors probably don't associate mining and exploration uh, within South Korea. Um, so I just wonder if you can just tell us a little bit more about the country. Um, what attracted you and um, Southern Gold to, to the country? Um, and what's it like as a mining jurisdiction?
1: Yeah, right. Well, what, what attracted the company and me to South Korea is, uh, is the potential, the mineral potential of the country. It's massively underexplored uh, by modern day standards, and yet has great, great potential for great discoveries. The mining industry is a very small part of the economy of South Korea, And in many ways, I wouldn't say it's been um, as a sunset industry. It certainly isn't by any means. But the rapid industrialization of the country post the Korean War really meant that um, high-tech manufacturing was really a a key thing for the country going forward. So it became a net importer of of minerals to support its growing economy. And now it's, uh, I think it's number 10 in the OECD in terms of economic growth. So it's very, very modern. And as a result, the mining industry has kind of become but a small scale industry, although there is an awful amount of, I guess, industrial mining, things like limestone uh, for cement. There are some small uh, metal mines here. There is a very large uh, refinery here for, for zinc and copper, which is um, the country is one of the largest uh, exporters of or, or smelters of, uh, of these sorts of metals. But really little mining going on and very little exploration in the modern day sense. So therein lies the opportunity for selling gold is to take a modern-day exploration approach to explore the country based on the prospectivity that that, that we see here. There are some uh, gold mines that are operating here. There's a um, gold mine in Gasado, It's an epithermal mine. And that was discovered by Ivanhoe back in the late 80s, early 90s, in fact, by one of our board members, Doug Kirman, who was involved with the early days of Tolgoi with Ivanhoe. And so really, in many ways, um, our exploration program is kind of a continuation of the work that was done by Ivanhoe in the 90s. They made some early discoveries, uh, epithermal deposits. Well, these are great deposits because they're exceptionally high-grade. You get Very high-grade gold, very high-grade silver. We're talking after 100 grams gold, 1,000 grams per tonne silver, even more. So you know, the gold equivalency is really very high. And as a result of the work of Ivanhoe, they made these great discoveries. One of their mines is in operation today. But unfortunately, um, their program got, I guess, cut off at the knees because they all had to go to Mongolia and work on the OU Togo project there. And so really there's been this hiatus and exploration uh, since that time. So that's where we've come in to basically work on these projects. Uh, Doug's expertise is fantastic for helping us with our exploration. and uh, yeah, really basically getting a command and ground position as a first mover into this country. So really it's like a country play, we had that first mover advantage and we've got a really great ground position uh, taking us into the future.
0: And what's about the sort of local communities um, maybe where some of the operations are existing at the moment and also around your exploration programs, what are their thoughts around mining? Um, And I suppose, have you got them on your side?
1: Sure. No, that's a great question, Robin. And like most modern jurisdictions around the world, you know, it's mixed. There are parts of the country that are very supportive of mining. Because of its mining history, I didn't really touch much on that in my previous answer. It has a mining history going back, you know, a thousand years or more. Um, And so there are many historic mines across the country. And indeed, part of our exploration strategy is exploring around these historical mines with our our brownfields exploration. But we find that in areas where there's, you know, past mining been going on, uh, maybe back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, places like that, the communities are very supportive of our exploration and what we're doing, so that that's fantastic. So yeah, it depends where you go, but certainly the places that we're working, we get a lot of really good support from the communities. Um, I would say probably 70 to 80% of the time, we're able to put our rig where we want to drill. So we have a pretty modern land access agreement procedure that we go through like a lot of other countries. So yeah, it's um, we're, based on my experience and jurisdictions to work, working with landowners, if you get them on site, explain to them what you're doing. Well, we we generally finally we get a very pleasing and positive result as we build partnerships with them over time. Um,
0: Southern Gold is obviously an early stage explorer. Um, I want you to just give us an
1: overview of some of your uh, key gold projects. Sure. We've got a number of brownfields and greenfields projects. Um, our main gold project is the Dockon Gold Silver project. That's an epithermal-style uh, deposit. It was been mined, mined periodically over the years. It's a very high-grade silver deposit, you know, well over in places over, a, I think, places like maybe 9,000 grams per tonne silver, something quite extraordinary, very, very high grades. The main mine itself um, was mined on several levels over a vertical extent of around about 250 metres, again, with very high grades. and That's uh, recently where we started our drill program, about in February was to test the long strike extensions of this mine. So despite being a great asset, it's got very few holes in it, which just reinforces, I guess, the lack of exploration in a modern day sense uh, in South Korea. So that's a great project. That covers quite a few uh, uh, graticules or license applications and areas. So that's a key piece of uh, work for us that we're going to be going on going forward. And we'll be uh, releasing the assays from that uh, drill program in, in the weeks to come. So that's a great, great project. But one of our other projects, in fact, one that we're drilling at the moment, is our Gossong uh, Copper Gold project. Uh, probably I'd say like in the recent 12 months, we've got a much better understanding of the geology of the country and the mineral systems. And whilst in the past we've been focusing a lot on the high-grade projects like Dockon, which are great targets, we've also been seeing what you would probably consider maybe the deeper parts of these mineral systems that are higher in copper uh, that potentially might have an intrusive-related aspect to them. I wouldn't necessarily say porphyry. We're not seeing any direct evidence for porphyries yet in South Korea, but certainly we're seeing copper and gold associated together with some of the projects that we're looking at, such as our Gosong project, which we just started drilling in the last week or so. But this is an historical copper mining district uh, going back into the into the into the 70s, um, but we're finding there. You know, we found very large uh, structures over two kilometers long. Many historical mines in that area. We're seeing evidence for high temperature mineralization. We've got lots of interesting base metals as well. So that's a very interesting project. It's a very large mineral system, covering many tens of uh, square kilometres. So that's a, another really uh, one, one of our one of our key projects.
0: Um, obviously, your focus is on gold, um, but you've recently expanded into exploration for lithium. Um, why was this?
1: Yes, that's a great question. We've also expanded into rare earth elements as well. And I suppose you could say it's really part of um, you know our interest in the geology of Korea. Me being based here in Korea, um, it's a fantastic opportunity to really just get to see uh, the potential of the country for other commodities other than gold. So gold's our primary focus, but we definitely saw there's the opportunity to explore for these things and expand the company's exploration portfolio to include those kind of critical minerals. Again, with a lack of modern day exploration, it's just um, a huge opportunity, which you can't really afford to walk away from. And so we knew that there are unmined deposits of rare earths and uh, an historical lithium mine in the country. So that really got our interest. And so as a result of that, we um, engaged Consultancy RSC to do one of these mineral potential studies of the country, the kind of things i have been involved in in the past, to give us an idea of, you know where other deposits might be and in that time we've used uh, national scale government data sets to zero on, on some really interesting lithium and rare earth opportunities some of them very close to these existing um, deposits the rare earth deposits and the lithium deposits using geochemistry and geophysics typical you know encouraging pathfinders and the regional data sets for the lithium uh, geochemistry for example were extremely encouraging you know getting lithium up to 400 ppm in soils and stream sediment anomalies uh, is really very very good thorium anomalies very exciting as well and uh so as a result of this prospectivity we put together this really, really impressive portfolio of rare earths and lithium in recent months to complement our gold program and i suppose added to that is also the strong interest by the you now the korean government in in lithium and things like rare earths because south korea is a global powerhouse when it comes to battery manufacturing. It's a huge importer of lithium. It's got a number of offtake agreements with um, Australian companies to process lithium for lithium batteries here in Korea. And so, you know, you put two and two together and say, well, look, um, there's no exploration going on in a modern day sense for these minerals. It's a very prospective country. Um, The idea of basically having what I would call an indigenous supply, of these critical minerals, it's just fantastic. And as I say, we're really the only company that's actively exploring for them. We've got a great Ground position over really prospective ground. We've commenced the exploration on this on these areas, and so really, it's just uh, extend extending and expanding our portfolio to include other really high value uh, minerals that we believe will be of great value to the company and shareholders as a result.
0: Um, obviously, you mentioned about South the the South Korean government, um, are they pretty much supportive of your sort of exploration programs? Um, And also, are you getting sort of much interest from potential JV partners?
1: Yes, on both fronts. So we're really pleased with the level of interest we're getting from, you know, various government agencies. We've got essentially the Geological Survey, KIGAM, the Career Institute of Geoscience and Mining. In fact, they're based here in Dijon, where I live just down the road. And we've built a really good, close working relationship with many of the people in that organisation. And likewise, uh, at uh, Comir, which is the government organisation which is really responsible for secu- uh, securing supplies of minerals for the country, both internationally and, and domestically. And, uh, yeah, we've met with them, and they are very interested and excited indeed in uh, our lithium and rare earth exploration portfolio. Um, there's the potential for government grants. There's the potential for subsidising of exploration. I mean, these are early days discussions, but they said, look, come back to us when you've um, advanced your exploration a bit. There's the potential for them to assist with flying things like geophysics. And indeed, the government does actively subsidize uh, drilling programs, obviously not just for critical minerals, but also for gold. So, yeah, there really is a good level of support and interest uh, by the government and the program that we've got underway here in Korea. And look, we're also very pleased that we're getting a lot of interest from potential JV partners. There's a lot of companies around the world that are looking for, for new places to go. And uh, really pleased to say that we've had some visits uh, very recently from a couple of companies. A company looking at our uh, lithium exploration portfolio, and a company looking at our, our precious metals portfolio and our copper. And yeah, obviously, it's I would consider that a validation of our program and the work we've got, and the fantastic team that we have. So yeah, we're uh, getting a lot of interest, and yeah, you know, hopefully more interest uh, into the future.
0: Wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about the, the South Korean mining legislation. Um, and obviously if international companies want to go into South Korea and want to invest, what well, what's the mining legislation like?
1: Yeah, it's um it's a good mining legislation. There's there's a zero percent, there's a zero royalty here in Korea, which which is absolutely amazing. The government actually owns all the minerals. They have, a, a, I guess you could say, a typical exploration tier part of the legislation and the mining tier. Um, so, yeah, I don't believe that the the jurisdiction system is really uh, any kind of sort of uh, system that any international company wouldn't be familiar with. It's it's kind of a fit for purpose, more for small scale mining. But obviously there are large scale mines here in operation. So it certainly is a jurisdiction that that uh, is quite workable. It's very workable for us uh for exploration and exploration activities. and as part of that due diligence review, you know the companies we've been talking to have been looking at the jurisdiction and they yeah, they see it as something which is obviously unique to Korea and it fits here, but it's something which is which is eminently workable in the modern day sense.
0: And if an international company was listening or someone from an international company was listening, what what would attract them to South Korea to 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 do business in the mining industry?
1: Well, I'd say I'd love them to do a joint venture with us because you know we have uh, fantastic ground, fantastic prospectivity, and, and a great commanding land holding, uh, probably as good as any other company in a foreign jurisdiction. But it's really the potential of the country. It's got great potential, it's underexplored in a modern-day sense. And so it really lacks a modern mining industry. However, having said that, there's plenty of room to explore. There are very large, <laughs> there are very large quarries here that are on the scale. Of many mines that i've seen in australia so you know the potential to develop deposits is there obviously it's just that there's no been no big discoveries here rob and in, in you know in modern years and that's why it's kind of off the radar until you really make a big discovery a lot of companies it doesn't really come across their desk but i would add that one of the world's biggest tungsten mines is here in south korea the sandong tungsten mine that was discovered around about 1915 and it's at the stage of being reopened by um, Almonte Industries, which is a TSX-listed company. Now, that's a fantastic geological resource, tungsten, a massive thing. But it's a huge part of the country's uh, modernization and drive back in the 60s and 70s. So there are these large deposits here of tungsten and there will be other things as well. So the key thing really is, is making some really good discoveries and getting people's attention. But yeah, I think... The other great thing, it's the rule of law. It's a safe jurisdiction. It's modern, which is fantastic. I mean, you consider a lot of com- companies are going to other jurisdictions which are less secure. If you want to go to a modern country with great mining potential, um, modern laws, a workable jurisdiction, that's that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, I think um, South Korea is definitely on the list.
0: And what's it like living in South Korea?
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. It's a very high-energy country. I mean, you know, you're probably across a lot of the, you know, the K-pop and the K-dramas. I'd say it's going through a real global expansion phase in terms of people's awareness of South Korea. You know, few because of things like, you know, Squid Games and Netflix and uh, you know, BTS, a fantastic, fantastic band. And it's it's a wonderful place to work. I, I would say it's probably definitely the heart of my career working with the Korean people, the Korean staff that we have. You know they're wonderful people. They're extremely hardworking, they're very friendly. Getting around the country is fantastic. The infrastructure is amazing. You know getting to our exploration destination in a couple of hours so you can actually validate stuff. it's It's a really great place to live, a really great place to explore. And yeah, I'll probably say that, um yeah, I'm having the time of my life as a geologist, you know as an explorationist, with the excitement of the potential of discovery. And just yeah, working in a really, really friendly country with uh, really great people—it's it's great fun.
0: That's good, good to hear. And what's the education level like in terms of mining? So, for instance, mine engineering, geologists, um, maybe processing and maintenance people within the mining industry. What what's the skill level like?
1: It's very high in the mining industry because as I as I mentioned, it's got a, quite a large industrial mining um, industry here. Um, through the things like cement making and other things like that. There are a lot of underground mines. So there are several universities here. They have geology departments, mining engineers. Um, in fact, we have a couple of mining engineers as part of Southern Gold uh, working with us who have worked in underground mines. So, yeah, I think the, the mining industry and the engineering and the metallurgy, certainly in the processing plants, I mean, they're a world leader when it comes to processing ore and processing concentrate with the Ulsan plant. So, yeah, certainly has that industry. And the other thing, in terms of exploration geologists, that's probably where it's not as strong. Because there's no real exploration industry here, and you know, to a large extent, you know, we're really at a lot of the exploration uh, great geology graduates tend to go more into the government jobs um, rather than moving into exploration. So we're very rare as a company, and they we're quite lucky to have acquired some really uh, great geologists working for us as explorationists uh, within Southern Gold. But if I was to say... You know where the where the weaknesses in terms of exploration it would be basically you know industry trained exploration geologists as you might find in places like Philippines or, or or Indonesia. But certainly the mining industry, you know, they've got that expertise in spades.
0: So I just want to go back to your um drilling program. Um just wonder if you can give give us an update on the, the progress um and what yeah what to expect over the coming months.
1: Sure. Well, as I say, the exploration commenced, the drilling commenced back in February at our Dockon project. So it's progressing really well. We finished drilling at Dockon a couple of weeks ago and we're waiting for the assays and then ne- before the end of the month. So that's, that's going to be um, interesting. We've now started drilling at our Gossong project. We've got a, around about a four hole program for 900 metres there and we just started the first hole. So we should be getting assays from that around about uh, late June. I should point out that we drill here on single shift. You know, as I said before, Rob, there isn't much of an exploration industry here in South Korea, and so there isn't a there isn't really that culture of drilling that you you know that I'm used to in other places like Australia. So we drill on on single shift, so it takes a bit longer to get through the holes and and to get the assays out. So I do appreciate you know the patience of, of our investors for that. And we've got programs of drilling continuing into uh, into July. We're working up another a couple of our targets. Afe and Dockcheon, our gold projects, we want to advance those. And at the same time, we're working very hard on our rare earth and, and lithium portfolio. The guys have been out there the last couple of weeks, um, getting out in the field, working those areas up. So we'd like to be drilling our rare earth projects, hopefully around about sort of September-ish through towards the end of the calendar year, and then migrating through into the lithium drilling um, early 2024, sort of within the next uh, financial year. So... You know, plenty of drilling coming up and we'll be having assays coming out as we go throughout the coming months, not just from the drilling, but also from the other work that we'll be doing for the rare earth and lithium in terms of the rock chips as well. Potentially some geophysical surveys. So a lot of work going on and obviously a lot of, a lot of news flow coming out for people to keep an eye on, on what we're doing and uh, where we're up to.
0: Why should uh, potential investors look to invest in Southern Gold?
1: Well, I think we're, we're massively undervalued at the moment, and we're a great, great uh, investment, I believe. They should invest us in us because we've got a really commanding ground holding here in Korea, a really prospective ground. We've got great projects. We've got an active drilling program. We've got a fantastic pipeline of dual targets into the future, so we've got that great continuity. We've got a really interesting and expanded diverse portfolio of not just gold but also lithium and rare earths. Fantastic support from the government for the work that we're doing. We're well funded. We've got around about three and a half million in cash. So that's great. Um, and we have a fantastic team, which highly motivated that really want to find things. So we've got a great team with a track record of discovery, fantastic exploration assets. Um, if people get in with us now, they're going to be part of a, a really exciting journey over the longer term. And indeed over the shorter term, who knows what we'll find in the coming weeks with the drilling, because uh, it's a very exciting time for us right now, Rob.
0: Yeah and concluding what's the outlook for the company for the remainder of the year and going into 2024
1: yeah that's a good question rob just to conclude i think southern gold is is really very well positioned for the future for the next 12 months and beyond Um, we've got a great management team i I didn't mention our chairman peter vanford is extremely um, wise chair a lot of experience in the mining industry and and we've got a great supportive board as i mentioned we're well funded, we've got the, a lot of drilling coming up, so there's going to be a lot of a lot of information and news flow coming out of the drilling to potential investors and they can see how well we're doing through that program, a lot of exploration and the critical minerals. So, yeah, I think um, all in all, great jurisdiction, great program, great management, and it's a combination of being in the right place at the right time and, uh, yeah, certainly a very exciting time for us as a company and we would welcome interest from uh, from new shareholders. And yeah, so yeah, keep an eye on our story going forward, very much so. Rob, really appreciate your time in uh, give us some
0: give us an overview of Southern Goal, what South Korea is like as a mining jurisdiction. Obviously, we've had no one no one on here that have, uh, has spoken about uh, obviously South Korea as a mining jurisdiction. So really appreciate your time, um, and all the best for the remainder of the year. Perhaps you want to come on uh, next year and give us an update.
1: I'd love to. Yeah, and thanks very much, Rob. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate no it. Thanks. Um,
0: and also, um, how can we reach you if any uh, our audience wants to reach out to you? Also, follow your story as well. So, um, are you across any social media platforms?
1: Yes, we're we're on the LinkedIn and and Twitter, so people can reach us through there. I'm always happy to to speak to people uh, through Messenger on those things. Obviously, we um, you know through our website as well. You can contact us. Uh, through our website and through our uh, office in Adelaide so yeah people can contact us anytime We're always happy to you know to talk as, as much as I can within the confines of um materiality through through the people yeah Yeah.
0: we include all those in the show notes that company's podcast anyway so uh for easy access for any of our audience to reach out to you so fantastic all the best for the remainder of the year. Um, and the audience, hope you enjoyed that episode. Obviously, it's, it's uh, a new jurisdiction, South Korea. Who would who would think my, uh, mining happens in South Korea? And obviously, Robert has explained uh, what the mining industry is doing in South Korea, and it does seem to be does seem to be some things happening there. And obviously, we wish uh, Robert and the team at Southern Gold all the best for the remainder of the year. Really appreciate your continued support. Thank you for listening. Please keep sharing this episode. To others in the industry, uh, fellow professionals, and also people outside of the mining industry, um, because we do what we want to do is to, I suppose, make everyone aware of what we do in the mining industry, and it's not all bad. Um, as the uh, as the um, people with within the I suppose global in in the world think mining has has a bad brand, has a bad image. We're not all bad. And as as Robert has uh, highlighted, um, there is obviously a lot of positives that we we give, that the mining industry give back to the community. So appreciate your continued support, support. Keep sharing the episodes. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry.